But there's just something profoundly wrong here. Are you okay? Yeah. I think you've endings. I am so glad Jake has found someone. <laughs> Soon this will all be a distant memory. Who's this? It's me. No, it was me. I tell you, I would misplace my own head if it wasn't screwed onto my own head. I feel like I was seeing them as they were. Seeing them as they will be. Seeing them after they're gone. No, thank you, Ben. Can you stay here? Excuse me? You don't have to go. I don't have to go where? Forward. People like to think of themselves as points moving through time. But I think it's the opposite. We're stationary. And time passes through us. <laughs> blowing like cold wind. Maybe this is how it was always going to end. Hey everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. Oh, I felt good. And uh, <laughs> we're going to try something different. We're going to try to do mini pods every week. So, like mini podcasts, just talk about something new, because there's not much new, but all the streaming services are coming out with movies or specials. So we're going to try to talk about some of that stuff until the movie theaters reopen and we can get out to the theaters more and they actually put new stuff out. Um, so this week, Devin brought up the new Netflix film, I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Is that the name of it? It is. Okay. Um, I'm just going to let you talk about that. Go ahead. Well, how did this come up on your radar? What? Sure. So uh, to give you a little bit of history about this, I'm Thinking of Ending Things is a book that's been around for a very long time. Um, I actually read the book on a trip to Chicago. Uh, and this is the very first book that I've ever read uh, and immediately reread the second it was over because of what happened in it. And I won't get into the spoilers for the first like 10 minutes, maybe. So needless to say, I was very excited for this thing to come out. Um, the movie itself, just to give you a little bit of trivia about it, the director is Charlie Kaufman, the same director as uh, being John Malkovich. You can absolutely tell it is the same director as being John Malkovich. And it stars um, Jesse Plemons, who is uh, in Breaking Bad and does an absolutely phenomenal job in that. Um, it stars uh, Jesse Buckley. Um, and then uh, Tony Collette and David Thewis? Thewis. Thewis. David Thewis, who is, I mean, Professor honestly. Lu I... Professor Lupin. Professor Lupin, yeah. yeah. War yeah, I was about Wonder to say, I was, I was ready for him to uh, turn into a uh, into a werewolf any second in, in this one. <laughs> you know, in this it would have fit. Yeah, it would have fit. I wouldn't have been surprised. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. before I tell you guys, so you know that I've read the book, you know I have like a connection to the source material. I won't tell you what I thought about the movie. I want to hear what you guys think because I know I, I'm assuming none of you have read the book, correct? Correct. Nope. I had no that's, idea. That's why I wanted you guys to watch the movie, because I think I had a very different experience watching it than you guys. So well, of course you read the book. <laughs> so I'm going to start with Ryan. So Ryan, what did you think? It is a typical art film. Uh, like after I watched it, I read some reviews, and it's the same thing I read and hear about any film that comes out that critics love, and the general population was like, uh, "Okay." Um, <laughs> so. I mean, it was done well. 
I get it. Um, I think the idea of it was pretty cool. Uh, it was very kind of twisty, you know. Um, about, I would say about halfway through, I think I started to understand what they were doing. And then towards the end, I was like, yeah, this is definitely what they're doing. But yeah, I've never seen uh, Bean John Malkovich, but I know enough about the weirdness that it definitely like hit me in the face when I was watching this movie. So I mean, that that's my initial reaction to it. Mm-hmm. Alan, what did you think? I've seen a few other Charlie Kaufman films. I haven't seen many, but I have seen Being John Malkovich and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I got those. They were pretty straightforward. I understood what was going on. I need to revisit them just because they're, they're the, he does the kind of movie where you need to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, I was like, what the hell is going on? And it was so confusing <laughs> in parts, mm-hmm. but I... I was like, okay, I think this is what's going on, and I'm pretty sure I was right. And I wanted to look up, like, what was that after I watched this? <laughs> um, I will say I had to go back and rewatch the ending twice because mm-hmm. I was falling asleep during part of the end, which we'll get into. Um, mm-hmm. This was not a good film to watch before uh, sleep because it messed with my dreams. So thank you for that, Devin. You're welcome. Um, it's a fever dream of a movie. And it went to fever dreams without the fever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I really like Jesse Plemons in this. I like the, 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 the main girl who's played by Jesse Buckley. It's, um, there's a lot to talk about, but we're going to try to do this pretty quick. So, yeah. So I think I almost want to separate it into like performances and then like plot itself. So while we're still kind of sticking with non-spoilers, what did you guys think of the performances themselves? I think the performances were great. They yeah. they portrayed what the director wanted to be portrayed. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, this is one of those things where, like, you know how, like, I'm going to use the example of going to Comic-Con and, like, mm-hmm. you've got people that dress up in cosplay that you can tell are just fans and don't really have the money to, like, like make an elaborate costume but they dress as their favorite characters yeah and then you have the people that are like look at me i have no job look at my amazing costume <laughs> like i feel like movies like this are that kind of cosplayer where they where they can focus 100 on what they're doing and they have the money for the resources mm-hmm. like this was that movie of just like look how good i am and they are that good mm-hmm. and you know they're showing off yeah that's how I view movies like this. Here's what I have to say about the performances. As I said in game in our game night episode, I will watch anything with Jesse Plemons except for maybe Battleship. <laughs> I forgot he was in that. Um, I need to see that. No, you don't. No. You'll watch so it the this... same way Devin and I did if we do. Oh, playing, absolutely. Playing Battle Shots. Um, no, I so like this him. Movie's... Yeah. Go ahead. This movie for me solidified the fact that I think Tony Collette is one of my favorite actors. I don't think there's a single thing I've seen her in that didn't completely like where she didn't just chew through the scenery every time she's on screen. She had a lot more to do in this than she did in Knives Out. Yes. And I like that. Have either of you seen Heredity? No. Yes. Oh boy, she's so good in Heredity. Yeah, I think I'm with you with it that that the performances were great, were really great. What did you guys think of the plot and its presentation? So I think at this point we kind of have to get into spoilery kind of things, um, just because we're kind of running through this pretty quick. 
Um, if you want to check it out, go ahead and check it out. I definitely recommend it. Um, I think I kind of didn't talk about this, but I loved the movie um, and would 100% watch it again. Um, do you guys have a recommendation on it? Would Should people watch it? Should they kind of steer clear of it? If you want a movie to make you think, this is the movie for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll have to watch it again to understand completely what's going on. But if, you, if you're if you the kind of person who likes to have movies make you think about what you just watched, this is definitely worth checking out. So the first thing I want to ask is kind of the question I keep seeing on the internet is, what the heck was going on in the movie? Now, I'm sure both of you looked up what was going on afterwards. I know I, like, if I watched this the first time, I would have to. But, like, what did you guys think was happening in the movie when you watched it? Did you understand it? Were you like, this was a mess of nothing and I hated it? Or do you think you had some sort of thing? And, and were you wrong? Because I'll tell you, when I was reading the book, I was very wrong about what I thought was happening. The book was way more explicit with its ending than the movie was. But the whole time, I was dead wrong about everything. Okay. So when so when it first started, mm-hmm. and they show the farmhouse, but you don't know that's the farmhouse. You find out later on if you remember the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, they show the guy looking out the window the janitor looking out the window and then they cut to a younger guy looking out a window, but it's the same room, same pajamas. And knowing about this director and the writer, I'm like, okay, there's, they're doing time jumps or something like Mm -hmm. they're showing him older and younger. Okay. Whatever. And then they show, you know, the, 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 she gets in the car, they drive off and they do everything else. And I thought originally I'm like, is he reading her thoughts? Like, is there a reason why she keeps on monologuing so much? And the way that, you know, that Jake, is, is that his name? Yeah, Jake. Yeah. The way that Jake is looking at her, I'm thinking to myself, he, he, he's hearing everything. So I thought there was like a mind reading thing going on. Sure. And I messaged that in the group chat. And, uh-huh. you know, Alan was like, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I said then, that because I don't, yeah. still don't know for sure. Okay. So, okay. So you didn't look it up, Alan. I well, I may have looked some stuff up okay. after that. So, so all I did was look at reviews. That's all okay. I did. I listened to NPR's film critic talk about it for like six minutes, and mm-hmm. it was a teaser. So he didn't really get into anything. But anyway, so then about halfway through, I'm like, "This is all in the janitor's head. Mm-hmm. This is all in the janitor's head. Something's goofy because of all the contradictions." her clothes changing. I noticed that. Um, And just like his weirdness and the parents and the parents aging and like going through all the different stages and like the second half. I'm like, okay, this is all in his head. He's uh, he, he, he either has early onset Alzheimer's or early onset dementia. And this is all in his head. And what nailed this for me was the two girls at the ice cream parlor mm-hmm. were the two girls that were making fun of the janitor when he was walking through the hallway and he didn't want to look at him in the face. Mm-hmm. And as far as I'm concerned, like this movie is just like this guy is either like, daydreaming about a girlfriend that he never had but he's like putting that into memories that he had of his life and maybe he did have a girlfriend that he really loved that that like dumped him in like seven weeks and all of her inner monologuing is what he assumed she was thinking Mm -hmm. um 
or or again old senile dude and uh this is what happens when somebody you make up in your mind for a daydream becomes self-aware yeah it, because she's flipping out at everything because even though she's imaginary or possibly imaginary like she she's become self-aware and she's just like trying to figure out what the hell is going on in his head even though she doesn't know that she's in his head that's a or pretty she could, or she could be his wife that passed away because she was wearing white pearls for like a very short period of time and all of her stuff was in the house so there's that it's a pretty meta take on it though i like that that last one where like it's the imagination come to life i think that's pretty cool cuz i mean like I've I've never seen Bean John Malkovich. I've seen parts of Spotless Mind, Internal, whatever. Um, and uh, I know that I, even though I haven't really seen those movies, I understand this guy's style and very cerebral stuff is kind of his niche. Mm-hmm. So that's like those are my three possibilities. Either. He's re- he's reliving his old life in his head that day. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a daydream, and that's why none of it's making sense because he's making it up as he goes, you know, you know, throughout the day, and he's making up a girlfriend he never had in his real memories. Mm-hmm. Or, kind of the second thing I just said, but she becomes, you know, self-aware in his head. Okay, those uh, are my your... three possibilities. What was your takeaway? I'm trying to think what Ryan didn't cover. Even if your takeaway was one of them. Yeah. Um, well, okay. So I picked up on the, the old man, and the young man switching in the window right at the beginning. It's like, okay. So the old guy is the young guy mm-hmm. and it's like something weird going on there. Um, I also picked up on the fact that he could under he could hear her thoughts. So, mm-hmm. I kind of figured out that either she doesn't exist because what the biggest, the biggest thing for me was that she kept getting phone calls from herself, mm-hmm. which was weird to me. Um, and then at one point the phone call was from somebody else. Um, but yeah, I definitely picked up on that. The janitor and Jake are the same person. Mm-hmm. Um, without having to read into spoilers. Um, right. But yeah, so that was pretty much my takeaway. And then I thought maybe just because we saw Tenet, I thought maybe it was like a time loop type thing going on that mm-hmm. she was jumping through time. Um, and I really liked the quote that she has about we don't move through time, time moves through us. Yeah. Which was really interesting to me. Um, so that's what I got from it. Mm-hmm. Uh so now I'm going to ask the question that I've been wanting to ask for the last 24 hours. Devin? Yeah? What the hell did I just watch? <laughs> so here's what the book was. And I think the movie did the same thing, but I think the movie used its media and its platform a little bit different. Or the movie uses media and platform differently than the book did. Um, you watched an old janitor descending into madness and eventually committing suicide. Okay. That's what you watched. Uh, every scene with the younger version of him takes place entirely in his mind. He's having a fake conversation or having fake conversations with the manifestation of his need to commit suicide that is manifesting itself 
in the form of somebody he almost had a chance with that he met at trivia night. Uh, she ends up telling the real story of what happened very briefly in the, uh, at the dinner. And then she like pivots and she's like, yeah, but his awkwardness was fun. And we talked and it was great. And he knew this thing. And that's kind of his like imagination kind of pivoting itself. But she's kind of that drive that he has. And that's why every time she's like, I'm thinking of ending things or kind of hints at like something negative or something suicidal, he cuts her off right away because that's his like conscious mind going, no, 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 hold on. We can't think like this. We have to think about other things. Let's talk about other things. Okay. Yeah. So, so, I mean, that, that, that kind of works because he was constantly calling her a different name. Uh huh. And uh, whenever she'd get a phone call, it would be the name that he just called her. Yep. The one and, that I, the yeah. part that I thought was interesting with the name is in the book, she never had a name. They never even called her. Like it was, the book was entirely from her perspective and they never called her anything. She just didn't have one. And then I got through the whole book and went, she didn't even have a freaking name. I have to read this again. But I like what they did with this one because it felt like an old man trying to remember somebody's name. Like, what was her name again? Was it, was it Amy? Was it, was it Lisa or Elisa? Like, and it kept being like different slight permutations of what her name was. And I mm -hmm. thought it was so clever. So Ryan, were there any points in this where you had to rewind and see something again? Um, the very beginning, okay. uh, the very beginning and the, uh, and, uh, the dinner scene, uh, 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 the very beginning, because I had an idea that I missed something, and I did. Um, the voicemail she hears, she hears of the old man repeat about like the answer, like the question to the answer, the answer to the question, like that whole like weird thing. Uh, that's being said as she's waiting on the sidewalk, right, like quietly. Um, and then the thing with the dinner scene. Um, because after I listened to the NPR critic, like do his like six minute spiel uh, or whatever on it, mm -hmm. he mentioned something about how like, you know, the director, the writer, he, you know, he really pulled all, all, of, all of the stops out and changing the character's clothes and, and all this other stuff, which I caught the clothes changing, but he was talking about like hairstyle and hair color. So like, I looked back to see if I could, if I missed any of that. And I really couldn't see what he was talking about. Yeah. I didn't think I caught that. So was it with I, the parents? I, it, what he said was on the thing that I listened to after I saw the movie, he was yeah. like, yeah, no, the, the dinner, he was playing with hairstyle, hair color and clothing during the dinner because of all okay. the different shots because all of the cuts were like straight on and i'm like okay well i know it's like i know i know that her sweater came off and she went to wearing the dress um but i don't remember anybody else's clothes changing or hair color and i still couldn't see it because to be perfectly honest i wasn't about to sit through that dinner scene again <laughs> like i fast forwarded a, a few here mm. and there and stopped and watched because like even though like i said it's it's a good movie it's worth all of the praise it's getting, but I, I can't. You again, wouldn't do it again. I can't. It's too annoying, especially, <laughs> especially the mom. Yeah. And, and that goes way more personal than I want to get into on this. <laughs> so I think two movies that I've seen recently have affected my viewing of this. Okay. Um, 
one was Tenet with the, the time loop stuff. And then the other is this Nicolas Cage film that I had to watch for <laughs> Victims and Villains podcast that they're doing called The Cage Corner. And I told Devin about this the other night when he was over, but it had to do with that movie had to do with a basement and something in the basement that was a secret. Oh. Um, so when he's like, you can't go in the basement. I was like, oh, God, not this again. Uh, so for anyone who wants to know what I'm talking about, go check out uh, Victims and Villains episode, The Cage Corner, um, Grand Isle. It's going to be a Nicolas Cage podcast every every month. So, it's and Alan Phil- told me what's in the basement, and you're not ready for it. Yeah, you're not. Um, you're not. It's a bigger twist than what's in this movie. Yeah, in really. You mean a uh, bigger bigger than the, than the fact that she was pulling out his work shirts out of out of the yeah. dryer? I mean, yeah. out of the wash. That like I the- love that little touch. Did I you? love that little touch. By- I did because. <laughs> By the, end of, by the end of the movie, that makes sense. By the end of Grand yeah. Isle, what's in the basement comes out of nowhere still. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> it's a Nicolas Cage movie. That's all you got to say. But I mean, to Ryan's point, there were a lot of little touches like that that I really loved. Where they were pulling out mm-hmm. the janitor's work shirts or like her pictures that she showed were his pictures that he did. Like, yeah. I and like she's that. She's like flipping out. And that's why I think even though, okay, like she's made up because she's that like, you know, thought of suicide in his head mm-hmm. that they're like, she might've become self-aware and she's flipping out. Mm-hmm. She's like, why is this that's supposed to be me here with his name on it? I like that take a lot. Like I'm not, I don't think I would ever shoot that down. Cause I think that's really cool. So here's a take. Mm-hmm. Is he, does he have dementia and that's his subconscious dealing with it? He has mental illness. I don't know if the book addresses it, and the movie certainly doesn't address it. But he has a mental illness, and probably it's dementia. Like, that's what I would think. Because that would make sense. Like, the whole not knowing that he did the pictures thing, if that's Mm -hmm. his subconscious not remembering. or Or if she's just the manifestation of his mental illness. Yeah. Yeah. See, the thing is, I kind of connected with the guy once I, you know, you know, like figured out that it was like all him and like it was all in his head. Um, Because with ever since I was a kid, I created a spot in my head that I can let that like I daydream and I, you know, I go, I have what I call a barn and it's got a really cool office, a really big garage, a sports bar and a workout studio. (laughs) I like that. And, and it's pretty much just something that like, if I get stressed out, I just sit down and I just like, I I go there like, you know, and and I just sit and I just breathe. Like I'm physically sitting down and just breathing and I close my eyes and I go to this like stone, modern renovated place that I would really like to actually build in real life. And I just calm myself down. I like that. I don't do anything. I don't, you know, like, pretend I'm watching a game or <laughs> pretend I'm playing on my computer. I'm just, I'm thinking of this building in the woods, just yeah. breathing just so I can calm myself down sometimes. But, um, so like the whole thing of like having his house, like in his head and like having the artwork in the basement yeah, was kind of like dream catcher with having the like mental warehouse thing. Oh, right. Which I'm not sure if you guys know about. I do. Or saw. Okay. Yep. So, so it's kind of the same thing. Like he has like the locked room where he has like a private file for stuff that he mm-hmm. doesn't want to, you know, forget. And then 
you know, it's there. So I thought, you know, that actually works really well with that. One of the other things that made me uh, catch the fact that it was like him was mm-hmm. like every character had had a line about how old people are mistreated. Yeah. And that was another clue that's like, okay, this is all in his head. Because uh-huh. it's the old guy, the janitor, and they poke fun of, you know, and they poke fun at him. So, of course, he's going to be upset about how old people are treated. And, like, there were lines, like, similar to that, that, like, would just happen in, like, normal dialogue. That, like, if yeah. a character were just saying it would be truly heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's thinking it is, like, incredibly sad. And it's just one of those, like, I don't know, it, it made me really feel for the character because you know he's thinking these heartbreaking things. Yeah. See, the thing is, I'm not sure at the end of the movie if he actually committed suicide willfully because it almost looked like he was suffering from hypothermia because he was in his truck and he starts to go a little mad. And that's it. My grandfather had an issue. I don't, I don't, I don't know which one it was, but mm-hmm. he was at a, like, a nursing facility and he escaped because he thought he was at a work camp back in oh, wow. World War II. He, he, he was never a POW, but for some yeah. reason, he thought that he was in a work camp and he tried wow. to escape in the middle of winter in Chicago. Oh no! So to me, it just could have been a mental episode with him. Mm-hmm. And that's why he took off all of his clothes because he was mentally ill to begin with. And then he walked out in the, you know, in the middle of the blizzard. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if like he willfully at that point tried to commit suicide or if his mind was already there and then he started to have sign, you know, signs and symptoms of hypothermia. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I mean, I think the movie doesn't really tell you. I think the movie just signals that it's inevitable, like his death, because they have him walking down the hallway with the pig. That that was funny. I I have to admit like, that was yeah like that whole thing of like connecting the story about the pigs when he was younger to like that was a more blatant attempt to be like hey look young jake is the old guy at at the school like this is him because this connects and then you have that ice cream commercial thing that was playing on the windshield which was really disturbing more disturbing than the pig i kind of like the ice cream commercial i'm gonna be honest (laughs) All right. So since we're running out of time, I want to think, I think I want to ask my one last question. So the movie itself deals with a really heavy topic. It deals with dementia, it deals with mental illness, and it deals with suicide. But that message and kind of that, that whole point is kind of hard to decipher because of how the movie's portrayed. Do you think that the way that the movie's done kind of does a disservice to its overall message because the movie is so cryptic? And um, I think I'll ask Alan first. I don't think so. I think even though the whole, th- I think like the ending being so open-ended might skew people away from not understanding the ending, but mm-hmm. I think there's enough subtext there for you to pick up on because they keep saying, I'm thinking of ending things. I'm thinking of ending things. And at a certain point you, you stop thinking it's about the relationship and it's just about, whatever's going on like someone wants to end their life and the, especially at the end with the visuals of the pig um which is a weird sentence but i think that nails i think that drives it home yeah so i i think it it it's a little murky but i think it's still there even if you have a hard time understanding most of this and i have to agree with alan on mm-hmm. this one uh the, the only thing that i would add is that i think this 
would be more well played for people who like watching movies and like watching movies like this. I feel like this message would play well with that type of a movie base, mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to people that mainly watch movies just to like be entertained. Sure. They watch movies, you know, like the type of people that watch movies the way that like I watch hockey. Mm -hmm. would be the people that this really wouldn't be for this would be more for the people that watch movies the way i watch baseball so you're like analyzing the plays you're yeah. like okay this is when he needs to you know, mm -hmm. I don't know punt punt i guess this <laughs> i don't know baseball stuff ryan i'm trying fun, so hard fun, 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 but, got um, it. i do have to say my favorite scene in this is uh -huh. when she's walking down the stairs and they cut to her doing it like six different times because of her thought process hasn't finished yet before she gets down to the uh, bottom of the stairs yeah so so they just have her keep on going down you know making that turn on the stairs in the same scene like seven times at first at first i thought it was annoying but then i was like you know that's actually that was actually really cool uh, alan do you have a favorite scene in the movie the hallucination about the ice cream cartoon <laughs> that was i kind of like that like because it, it completely caught me off guard and then you go right into the uh talking pig the strategically yeah. placed talking pig. You <laughs> were very strategic. Um, yeah, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's what sticks out to me. Whenever yeah, I, I think, think of this movie, that's what I'm going to think about. So not mad about that at all. I, I am a little favorite... bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite part is uh, him going through his parents' lives. I think because he was giving himself closure to a lot of those things. Like when his mom was dying, like she mentioned that, Oh, at least you have a girlfriend or something like that. Like that closure yeah. that he felt he needed in his life. And I don't know, for me, there's just something so like nice about getting closure in something that you didn't have before that really kind of that part stuck out to me, I think. But with that said, I think that's all we have for today. I think yeah, so. I think we're good. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, next week's mini pod is going to be a special, special. So it's going to be a little, it's not going to be so many, but it's going to be, yeah, it's going no, to be pretty fun. Those so. are never many. Those are ne <laughs> um, I'm so excited for it. But yeah, you can uh, follow, make sure to follow us wherever you're listening to the podcast. We're on all major podcasting apps. If you're on one, that's kind of inconvenient for you. Um, so we're on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, and more coming soon. Uh, make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, you can email us at you have to watch this podcast at gmail.com. And until next week where Devin has us watch stripes. Yeah. Uh, for you have I to watch this for you have to watch this <laughs> podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And we're not thinking of ending this podcast. No. So rest assured, <laughs> we'll be back next week. See ya. Who thinks he's better than me? Afraid of my arms and her soft arms keep me warm, and her long tangled hair falls across my face just like a rain.